Right, so Ecclesiastes 3 is where we are at. And uh, in verse 1, this is a very well-known passage of Scripture. It says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And then it goes on. And all these things we're going to look at are kind of what we would consider opposites. Things that oppose each other. We see a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. And uh, I want to start a... this. I might do a series. I really just want to see if you all if you all understand these concepts. I might not need to preach many sermons on this subject. We're going to kind of see how it goes, but I want to call this series "Balanced" is what I want to call it. And specifically, uh, this morning is just kind of an introductory message to this series. I'm going to look at uh, two specific things tonight. But the title of my message this morning is "Take What You Need." Take what you need, and I want to do this because what we're going to do we're going to look at two doctrines in these messages that often seem to oppose one another, but yet we'll see both of them taught in the Bible. For example, you know, we see a time to kill and a time to heal. You know, there's a time for both of those things. There is a time to go to war and there is a time for peace, but often whenever you go to war, you always have that crowd screaming, no, it's peace, 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 we need peace. But then sometimes there's a time you need, you do need to go to, uh, you know, you need peace and you got people screaming war, war, war. And we've got to understand there is a time for both of these things. And often in the theological world, the people, they get in battles with each other, you know, where they kind of pit two true doctrines against each other. And we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't make the Bible seem like it conflicts because it doesn't. There is a time for everything. We see, and so this type of thing usually happens when people get in the flesh and they just start using the Bible to control people rather than you're using the Bible to teach people and to help them walk in the Spirit. And so if I need you all to get a little more fired up and to be a little more, you know, maybe I think you all are just loving sin a little too much, I might need to preach a message on a time to hate. You know, but then the thing is, not everybody in the congregation is going to need that message. And this is what you need to understand as a church member too. Anytime the preaching is going on, not necessarily everything is for you in that message. Sometimes you need a lot of it. Sometimes you maybe just need a little bit of it. And you know what? It's my job to just kind of dish everything out there. But then it's your job to take what you need and, and to leave the rest. And so, um, you know, often sermons you hear, you know, they're what I would call response sermons. And they often fail to help anybody just because many times what happens, the pastor will preach a sermon in his church, trying to maybe moderate something in his church. And then maybe a pastor in another church hears that and think, well, that's not how it is in our church. And then they kind of preach a response to that. But it's like, wait, in our church, maybe we need a time to love being preached right now. And maybe your church does need a time to hate right now. And so then they start kind of going back and forth. And it's just like, it, it really gets very foolish. And then it's like, now we've got people acting like, no, there's no hate taught in the Bible. Well, actually there is. 
You know, and, you know, and then you've got one crowd too. all, you know, there's, you know, you're Joel Osteen if you're preaching on love all the time. But, you know, I might have a bunch of foaming at the mouth crazy people in my church and they need to hear that. You know, there's some churches you don't need to preach about hate. They got, they got that down, you know, and there's some churches they need the preaching on love. And, you know, as a pastor, as an overseer, I'm always kind of looking out across the flock and trying to figure out what's needed as a whole. And, uh, you know, and, and it's. You know, it's not always an easy thing to do. And sometimes, I mean, you too, as an individual in the congregation, you might not need that sermon at all. But, uh, you know, some pastors, they'll hear that maybe they hear something or a member hears a sermon and they do, they, you know, they might get triggered if they hear that sermon on a time to dance. But that sermon, a time to dance, it might be appropriate for that church because they're going through good times. But you know what? Maybe that other church needs a time to mourn. That's what the, that's the time that they're in right now. And you know, we don't want to pit doctrines like this against each other. You know, that's, that's a very foolish thing to do. All it does is it causes confusion. And a lot of times too, you have people that are listening to sermons, especially people that listen online. They're listening to sermons from both places. And you know, one person preaches a time to love in his church because in his church, it's a time to love. And then you got another preacher in another church. He's preaching a time to hate because it's a time to hate in his church. And then you got that person online. They're looking like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how, you know, what, how I'm supposed to respond. And then you have the people too that kind of run back and forth to the different sides, you know, when they hear all the different, you know, response sermons and things. And, you know, every one of these things that are mentioned here in Ecclesiastes, there is a time to be for them and there's a time to be against them too. And we've got to have the wisdom that when these things, you know, to know when these things are appropriate and when they're inappropriate. I think a great example of this too is in Proverbs 26, verse 4 and 5. You know, these are, you know, verses that often perplex people where it says, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou be like unto him. So, you know what? We just shouldn't ever answer fools, right? That's a Bible command to never answer fools. Is that what that is? Well, I hope not. Because the next verse says, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. So is that a Bible command to always answer the fool? No, these are Proverbs. And you know what? Both are good because there is a time to just not answer the fool. And there's a time to answer the fool too. And you've got to have wisdom to know when to do it. But you know what? If I don't like it that Brother Austin answered a fool, I can get up and I can preach on answer not a fool. And I can just get all over his case for answering the fool. But then, you know, he's going to, you know, preach a response message against me. And he's going to preach on verse 5 and says, answer a fool. And then what are we doing? We're pitting these two things against each other. And if you're one of those people that, you know, you don't know how to study the Bible, you don't know how to think for yourself, you just listen to whoever your favorite preacher is, you're just going to be confused and not know what to think. You're like, well, I, you know, I like Pastor Tommy better. I guess I got to go along with what he said. But no, the truth is, all these things, there's, there's a time and place for all of them, and these things don't need to be pitted against each other. These say, say opposite things, but both are true. You just have to know when and where to apply, or uh, when to apply which one of those things. And so, uh, you've got to be able to think for yourself. And, and this kind of too, if you're somebody who doesn't think for yourself, if you just allow a pastor to think for you, and then you just follow him blindly, what's going to end up happening is it's, it's dangerous because many times pastors preach sermons maybe trying to help someone in a specific situation. And so he's kind of preaching to that situation you know, who they don't need to answer the fool. 
But you might be in a different situation and the pastor's not even thinking about you and you might need, you might be in a situation where you do need to answer the fool. But because the pastor's screaming not to do it because he's talking about a different situation, you end up doing the wrong thing. Because, you know, all you did was followed an order that you heard from the pulpit that didn't necessarily apply to you. And you know, as a pastor, I'm not up here, I'm not just up here giving orders. That's not what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be teaching the Bible. And you're supposed to be taking what you need, getting what you need from it, learning whatever you can, and then following the lead, you need to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and then go forward and figure out what you need to do. You can't just let me tell you what to do, because especially if I don't even know your situation. And then, you know, and I've, it, I've been disturbed before where people have talked to me and it's like, well, you know, you said in this sermon, and then they took what I said in a sermon and they applied it to their situation, but their situation was di- completely different from what I was talking about. And it's like, no, you, that's not the verse that you need right now. That sermon, I wasn't thinking about you. It wasn't for you. But they kind of applied it to themselves in a bad way. And it gets people in trouble. And you've got to watch out for this. You've always got to understand. Anytime I'm up here preaching, you've got to just take what you need. Uh, and you might, you might, there's some things you, you might need a lot of. You might not need at all. And so often as a pastor, you know, I you feel kind of like a circus performer. If I might talk about my job a little bit today, you know, you, you feel like a circus performer where you're just doing, you're trying to balance a million different things. That's, that's often the way you feel, you know, because we have, we have a congregation that has, you know, many different needs. You know, what one family might be doing great in one area, but another family might be struggling. And, you know, and knowing the appropriate time and the appropriate way to deal with different subjects and problems, it can be very difficult too. Because I also don't want to be like up here sniping at people too. You know, if I know somebody's struggling in a specific area, and, you know, and I just find that out, you know, I don't want to like just get up and then like, all right, we're starting a series on that. And, you know, if, if I've got a specific situation I need to deal with, I'd rather just kind of go to that person. You know, and obviously sometimes things affect the church and you have to address these things. But at the, at the end of the day, I try really hard to never snipe people. I, I really try not to do that. I, I don't think that helps. I don't think that's a good way to do things. I think it all, all it's going to do, it's going to make it so nobody wants to tell me their problems. And uh, then that creates, that creates other problems too. And some of you, you might have felt like you've been sniped before. And I'm not going to say I've never sniped or never accidentally sniped. Okay? I'm, I'm not going to do that. I, you know, what does snipe even mean? I don't know. I, 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 I used to hear Brother Gomez say that when he was preaching. It just stuck in my head. And so... Uh, I don't even know for sure what it means, but it sounds good. But, you know, sometimes maybe the Holy Spirit's sniping you, all right? And I'd like to say it's always the Holy Spirit sniping you. Sometimes I might do it, you know, but I'm not trying to, okay? And I promise I'm not trying to snipe anybody in this message for sure. But so when it, uh, so when it comes to doctrines that seem to conflict, the reason we often find ourselves in that conflict is because we're often letting others tell us which of these things we need a little more of. And, you know, that, that's not really my job. My job is to preach the Bible, and you need to take what you need and leave the rest. You need to understand, as a member of a church, you have that responsibility to check yourself. You have a responsibility to study for yourself. You have a responsibility to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit yourself. You have to do that. I can't do it for you. I can give counsel, you know, when asked. But at the end of the day, you've got to learn to do these things and you've got to determine just how much of this message that you really need. And so 
some important things to understand, you know, to help you remain balanced in your life. Because again, like we see in Ecclesiastes three, sometimes I'm going to be pro- I'm, we're going to be pre- uh, preaching a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. That'd be a good husband and wife message right there. Boy, if us men could all find out when we're supposed to embrace and when we're not supposed to embrace, you know, that'd, that'd be pretty good. That's a great mystery right there. All right, and. <laughs> I'm planning on preaching that one as soon as I figure out the day and the hour of Christ's return, right? But 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 you all but you all understand there is there is a time, right? There's a season and a time, and so first thing you need to understand to help you remain balanced in your life, whenever you're here and preaching from me, anybody in this pulpit, something you're listening to online, you got to understand that. It, and I don't think this is as terrible as it sounds, but you know everybody has an agenda, okay? If I'm not preaching on something, I, I kind of have an agenda at that time. I've got something specific that I'm dealing with that I'm trying to get across. And look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. It says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been all made to drink into one Spirit, for the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased Him. So understand that if you are a part of a congregation, we are one church here, we're one congregation, but we have many different parts. All of you have your place. You all have different things. And so guess what? If you're the hand, guess what things you care about? The things of the hand. If you're the ear, what do you care about? The things of the ear. Isn't that pretty normal? And you know, we need to, ha- we need to understand our place. We need to understand that, you know, people are going to have different areas. If, if somebody's in charge of the soul winning, in the church. Guess what the most important ministry of the church is to them? The soul winning. If somebody's in charge of the music, guess what the most important ministry in the church is to them? The music. Whatever it is, that's what they're going to be most focused on. And you know what? That's just normal. That's just right. And it's their job to do that. Uh, to do that thing. To be faithful in that thing. To stay focused on that thing. That's just the way things ought to be done. So you've got to understand that. That you know, if you're hearing from that person... You know, you should understand why that's so important to them, why they make such a big deal about that. It's just kind of a, it's kind of a normal thing. Because wherever your place is, that's where you devote most of your attention. And that's okay. But, you know, you gotta understand that others aren't gonna be the same way, and you shouldn't be always screaming for all the attention. You know, we shouldn't have the hand getting all the attention in the church, and the ear getting all the attention in the church. Everybody needs to do their thing. And just kind of, you know, be faithful where they're at. And it's kind of like, too, I guess a good way to illustrate it, that guy that sells insurance. Insurance is like the most important thing in the world, isn't it? I mean, boy, you know, a lot of you, you're all worried about different financial things and where you're investing money and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, insurance is where it's really at. Now, now why does that guy care about insurance so much? Because he sells insurance. Why wouldn't he care about it? That's pretty, that's okay. You know, and you know what? I'm not offended by those people. I'm not offended by, uh, by that person. And if you got the guy, you know, the guy that sells insurance and, you know, in the church, uh, and then you've got somebody who maybe is a doctor, you know, maybe for him, health is the most important thing. You know, and that's what, that's what he's focused on. That's pretty normal. So me as an individual who doesn't sell insurance and who am not a doctor, 
If those guys are having a conversation about something and about priorities, I'll listen to what they have to say. But at the end of the day, I got to judge my situation and my circumstances and I got to make my own choice. If I listen to the doctor, it's going to be all health stuff. He's going to have me spending all my money on vitamins. If I listen to the insurance guy, you know, he's going to just make me buy insurance for everything that there is. But at the end of the day, it's, it's my choice. And you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to go and figure out, especially too as a pastor, even as an individual, how to make that doctor and to make that insurance guy come to total agreement in their priorities. Because at the end of the day, we need doctors, don't we? And you know what? We need insurance too. We have to have it for our cars, don't we? You know, there's, there's a time and a place for all these things. You know, the, uh, whenever they want to come and check our building every year for fire safety, you know, they don't send you know, a doctor out here. They don't, they don't send the police officer out here. You know, they send the fire marshal out here. He's the one that comes and they check all these. And these guys make a big deal about things I would never even think about. You know, they had a problem because we ran a power cord through that wall. You're not allowed to run a power cord through a wall without metal conduit. I don't see why that's a problem. Okay? But apparently, we might burn our building down if we do that. So, you know what we had to do? We had to, you know, change everything up so we didn't have to do that. You know, they got all these things I would never even think about. And they make a big stink about it. And it's like, why do they even care? You know why? Because that's their job. That's what they do every day. They actually go into the burning buildings. They go into the places that are burning. We don't do that stuff. We don't see the burn victims. We don't see the things that they do. So we don't really care about it. But these people, they act like it's everything in the world. But that's okay. That is their world, isn't it? And you know, it's okay. We'll take some things and we'll learn from them. And we'll get whatever we need to get. That's, our, that's the way things have got to be. And so often churches, they'll have that single issue church member. You know, where, you know, they said they're only here for that one thing because we have that one thing. I remember we had somebody come and visit our church one time that liked our eschatology, but was unlike us in almost everything else. It was just like, you know, and I didn't preach on eschatology that day. I don't think they liked it. I I think they had listened to all my sermons on end times and thought that was great, but then came and heard other stuff. And then they were asking me about all these things. I mean, these people didn't believe anything like us anywhere else except for that. And, uh, you know, I think they wanted a church where they just talk about Bible prophecy all the time. It's like, no, that's not all. That's not all we're going to talk about. You know, um, and, you know, t- tonight, okay, tonight we're going to be watching a documentary, COVID Land, okay? The filmmaker, you know, he has an agenda. He thinks this country needs a wake up call, he thinks this country needs a good kick in the pants. He's looking at the country as a whole and thinking, what's wrong with these people? And they need, they need woke up. But you know what? Some people do. Some people do need a kick in the pants. But you know what? Some of, some of us probably need to take a chill pill. You know, you know what I'm saying? And so the thing is, you know, Brother Paul, he's out there. He's putting this out trying to wake people up. But then, you know, maybe me as a pastor, I was like, oh, man, and this isn't happening. But, you know, our church is forming a militia. Uh, they got all these guys planning all these terrorist attacks on government buildings and things like that. I probably better preach a chill pill message. And then I'm preaching a chill pill message over here because our people are all so fired up. But then the pastor in another church, his people are all just going along with everything and think it's all wonderful. And they're all, you know, having a contest to see who can get their vaccination the fastest and all that kind of stuff. And then he's thinking, I got to get these people fired up. 
And so he's, you know, he needs to do something completely different. But then if we're all like preaching sermons at each other, which would be stupid because we have two completely different congregations with two completely different needs. I mean, it is. He needs to preach a time for war in his church, but I need to preach a time for peace over here. And even if I need to preach a time for peace over here, we still might have, like, while we have half our church that's all ready to take up arms and go to battle, we might have another half that's like, this is wonderful. You know, lock us down some more. And so then I'm here as, and, and, you know, and then I'm here as pastor, like, what am I supposed to preach? Because I can't preach the fire you up message because the people that are foaming at the mouth ready to take up arms right now are probably going to start, you know, they're going to go this afternoon, you know. And if I preach a calm down message, half my congregation is going to go to the pharmacy and get the shot. So, you know, well, what, you know and it is, it's that balancing act that, you know, we all feel like we're doing as a pastor all the time. And at the end of the day, what I need to do I need to not so much focus on controlling everybody. I need to preach the Bible and hopefully I've got a responsible congregation that has enough wisdom to take what they need and to leave the rest. And that, and that's, that's the thing that we've got to focus on. And, and cause I'm not, I'm not interested in just controlling everybody here. I'm not interested in just telling everybody what to do and making everybody think exactly the way I feel about things. You know, I'd like to just preach the Bible and, but, uh, sometimes you do, you have irresponsible people that just kind of take everything to extremes. That's too, some people, they'll, when, when they listen to preaching, it's like they hardly take any of it. And then you've got other people that take every bit of it and then take it to an extreme. And then it's just like, you know, I was like, you know, you know, hey, let's stand against this COVID foolishness. And then they're getting a fight with the Walmart worker that tells them to put a mask on, you know, and beating up the old lady or something. That's not, no, that's not right. I don't mean fight it that way. You said fight it in your message. And you'll look up fight in the dictionary, Pastor Tommy. That's not what I meant, all right? And, you know, and it's amazing the things we have, I'm asked to clarify all the time. It's just like, are, are we really that foolish? Is that how simple our audience is? We have to clarify things like that. But said, you know, so, uh, you know, when you do, so, you know, like tonight, when you watch a documentary, you know what you do? You need to take what you need and you need to leave the rest. You got to be responsible enough to do that. You might be somebody who's already struggling with anxiety over this. You know, you're definitely, you're not on board with the new world order, but you know what? Maybe you're not in any condition to fight it right now. And you know, you just might need to say, it's probably not healthy for me to watch that tonight. I'm going to take some pizza and go home and eat it there. That, that maybe that's what, maybe that's what you need to do. You know, just, and, and, but here's the thing, just because you feel that way doesn't mean everyone else can't watch it either. Because some of us, you know, we want to get fired up, you know. We watch these things and we feel vindicated. And so, you know, you, you can't speak for everyone. But, you know, you can speak for yourself. And you can say, I just, I don't need this right now. You know, I've been spending way too much time on the psychiatrist's couch. I'm on more medications than I can count because I'm so stressed out by all this kind of stuff. And I just need to go home and sleep. Hey, if that's what you need, by all means, go and do that. You know, by all, you, you're definitely allowed to do that. Turn over Romans chapter 14 and verse 4. So another thing you need to do is you need to focus on where you have been given authority and influence and you need to do, allow others to do as they see fit in their area of authority and influence. We see in Romans 14, 4, it says, Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth, yea, he shall be holding up 
for God is able to make him stand. So this, uh, we see here that there's some people, it's not our place to judge. Okay? It's not our, we don't have any authority. Now, what they should do in that situation, your opinion might be right, but it's irrelevant because you have no authority there. So you don't even really need to talk about it. You don't need to be worried about it. You definitely don't need to make other people come to agreement with you on that. It's not your place. It's not your situation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and verse 20, it says, Let every man <clears throat> abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it, but if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's freeman. Likewise, also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. And this passage is showing that different people have different situations. We've all got our own unique situation. And so you've got to understand, when you come to church, whatever you receive from the pulpit that day, it might not necessarily fit your needs, suit your needs, have anything to do with you, but it, might some, but it probably does somebody else in the church. And you don't want to get this attitude that it's just, it, everything's got to be geared towards me. And you don't want to be that foot in the church that's constantly screaming for attention for the foot. You know, that's not, that's not good. You know, I mean, and, and sometimes you might need attention. Sometimes you have parts of the body that are hurting. And, but at the same time, you know, are you hurting or are you just being high maintenance? You know, that's the question you need to ask yourself. And if, if by all means, if you're hurting, cry out. But, you know, don't try be, don't, just don't, don't try being the center of attention. On everything we see because not everything's about your situation your feelings Galatians 6 2 says bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ for if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing he deceiveth himself but let every man prove his own work and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another for every man shall bear his own burden so you got to understand some things you have to deal with yourself there's some things that uh, you need, we need other people's help in carrying that burden, but there's some things we got it's, we're on our own. Something, there's some things that nobody can do for you. You need to figure out what those things are. There's some things where, uh, you are, this is up to you. You have to do something with it and you need to figure out how to, how to deal with it. You know, and don't allow someone who is disgruntled about something that is their problem but not your problem, cause you to change your feelings on something. Because isn't that how that we are? If, if we're bothered about something, we want everybody to be bothered about it. I mean, that's why we're watching COVID land, right? We're trying to get people bothered about some of the things that we're bothered by. That's super normal. That, that's, 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 that's very normal. But you've got to understand, at some point, you as an individual, you need to say that, all right, I'm going to let people be bothered with what they're bothered with. I'm going to let people do what they feel like they need to do. I'm going to, you know, yeah, they like this and I don't like it. I don't need to make everybody feel the same way I do on everything. Okay? I, that We don't need to be that way. And a lot of times, though, people let others t tell them how to think. And so the problem is you get around people with a bad attitude all the time, you're always going to have a bad attitude because you're letting other people think for you. You didn't have a problem with anything until this person came along and just told you how bad everything was. I mean, you thought this church was fantastic. 
until somebody came along and just told you how terrible it was. And it's like, man, I didn't realize we were in this crazy cult. You know, you, know, you, were, you were happy until they told you that. But no, that's how they feel. And maybe how they feel is based on a bunch of problems of their own. You know, and that they need to work through, that they need to figure out. And you just got to understand that, you know, hey, you can feel sorry for that person. You know, you could try to encourage them or whatever, but don't let them control your feelings. And that's what we're seeing on the news constantly today. Everybody's letting the news media tell them what to think about everything. They let them tell them how to vote. Let them tell them how to feel about literally everything. That's why people are doing all the dumb stuff that they're doing that doesn't even make any sense. Why? Somebody's telling them how to feel. They watch the news. They let the women on The View tell them how to feel about men. And then they wonder why they're having marriage problems after that. Listen, you want to go there for advice, help your marriage. Listen, it's going to be bad. You're going to end up in the same boat that they're in. And it's not a good one. But yet people, people do that all the time. It is amazing how many people just can't think for themselves. And so... You've got to learn, turn on Philippians 2, verse 3, but you've got to learn how to live and operate in a world where there's going to be people trying to get you to buy their product that you don't want or need. I've had people get mad when we, uh, when we uh, boost things on Facebook. I didn't want to see this ad. Well, guess what? You're on a platform for free. If you're not the, you know, if you're not the uh, paying customer, then you're the product. That's what everybody knows that. And I've had to tell these people, all you have to do is click on it and say, not interested in this ad. And Facebook doesn't want to waste their time having that stuff go by you anymore. They want, to, they want, to find, they want the stuff that people pay for to go to interested parties. That way people will pay more money to do all these things. But, you know, people do. They get, they get all bent out of shape and offended. It's like, well, if it's not for you, then don't pay attention to it. It's called keep scrolling. That's what it's called. It's called keep scrolling. The Bible says in Philippians 2, 3, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. We're supposed to be thinking about other people. We're supposed to be thinking about what other people need, but you've got to understand that's not most of the world we live in today. That's how we're supposed to be, but most of the world is thinking about what they need, and they're not going to go away. They're always going to be pushing you to do something. They're always going to be trying to conform you to their will and whatever they're, they're wanting you to do. And this whole world, our, our community, and even this church is never going to be in 100% agreement with you on anything. It's, just, it's not going to happen. You're going to have to, for the rest of the time that you attend this church, you're going to have to walk into a room and you're going to have to sit around people who don't think the same as you on every little thing. You're going to have to listen to the pastor get up and say stuff that you don't necessarily completely agree with at some point. And you know what? I'm going to think my opinion is more right than yours. And other people in the church are going to think their opinion is more right than yours. And you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to learn how to live with that. You're going to have to do it. And you're going to have to, in fact, and you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have, according to what we just read in Philippians 2, 3, and 4, you're supposed to look at the other people as better than you. We're, you're supposed to put them before you. I, you know, this person in the church, they have a need, but I got a need too. You know what? You're supposed to think their need is more important than yours. But they already think their need is more important than mine. I know, but you need to, and you need to agree with that. You, that's what God said. That's the, that's, and, but many people today, 
They just can't get along. They can't stay in a church for very long because they can't get along with people because they can't handle the fact that not everyone is conforming to their will and just doing things exactly as they see fit. But here's what you've got to understand. The choices that are made, they're not going to line up with your choice. But here's the question you need to ask yourself. Whose choice is it? Whose choice is it? You know, as a pastor, there's certain decisions that it's my job to make. It's, it's my choice. And you might not agree with my choice, but you have to respect the fact that it's not your choice and that it is mine. And so I should be allowed to make that. And, and you ought to be, be supportive as a member. You need to, you know, and, and, you know, and obviously I'm thinking about other people. Too. I just don't think Pastor Tommy was thinking about me when he made this decision. Well, maybe I was thinking about somebody else in the church when I made that decision. And again, it's back to that balancing act again, where you just, you can't, you can't please everybody. And you know, and you try, you try to be sensitive, you try to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And you know, and there are, there's a lot of tough choices. I should be sensitive to the needs of others. But, you know, at the same time, there's some things I won't put up with. You know, and I do, I try to be as accessible as possible. But, you know, just a few things, too, that you should never do to try to influence me. Alright, and first thing, first thing you do, just, just, when you think about me, you know, just think about me, like, standing on a ball in a circus, you know, and balancing things on all my fingers, and, you know, cause I, I do feel like I'm doing that sometimes. Alright, but the, the work, and often, you do, you have the foot in the church that wants some attention, alright? Not cause they're hurting, but cause they just want attention, and so what they do, they, you know, and just don't do these things, alright? Don't, don't ever, Tell my wife about your problem as a way to get get it to me. All right? Please don't relay information through my wife like that. And I understand if it's a lady or something like that, but a lot of times people they have a complaint. And this was bad when I was in charge of the Christian school. Okay, I'm not saying a lot of this is going on. It's happened, but it was really bad in the last church. Whenever people had a problem with something in the school, it always my my wife wasn't even involved in the school, yet she would always find out about these things. You know why? Because they were afraid to tell me. So they would tell her, hoping she would tell me. And then you know what I would do? I would ignore it. <laughs> I was like, if they got a problem with it, they need to come tell me. Because you, you can talk to me about these things. You know, or they would tell everyone else in the church about the problem, hoping one of them would come tell me. I just really have a pa- problem with what Pastor Tommy's doing here. I, I, just, I don't like that he does this. I don't think this is best for the church. And they tell everybody in the church but me. Now understand, when somebody comes to you about something that is about me, the only reason they're doing that is they're hoping you will, because it's like they think, I'm going to snipe them. You know, if, it's like if they say something to me, man, we're getting sniped. I'm going to get sniped in the next sermon. So, you know, I'm going to go I'm going I'm to go to Brother Hugo. I'm going to tell Brother Hugo about my problem. And maybe he'll say something to Pastor Tommy if he gets fired up about it. And then Pastor Tommy will snipe him. And then you just can sit back there and it's like, all right, I got my complaint. Man, don't do that. All right? that, is, that is not the way to do things. You know, don't, don't, you know, give me the silent treatment waiting for me to come see what's wrong. Okay? That, that doesn't work either because you know how big of a loser I feel like when you just go up and, uh, hey, what, what's the matter? Uh, you know, you didn't smile at me. I know she didn't shake my hand. I, I, I feel like, you're distant. I feel like a woman, all right, when I do stuff like that, you know. I just noticed the way you looked at me the other day, and it, it didn't seem as it was before. Your countenance was against me, like Laban 
You know, you see how awkward that is? And, you know, and don't, don't get me wrong, you know, sometimes I feel things. But I don't want to look like a woman. And then, and then two, you know, maybe you were looking past me and looking at somebody else like that. And then I really feel like an idiot when I was just like, you know, I'm asking about these things. So, you know, again, just, you know, come and tell me. Because at the end of the day, you know, as a pastor, what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to bring it from the pulpit, you know, whatever it is. I'm trying to get preaching and teaching out there. I'm trying to get the Word of God out there. And it's always my hope and my prayer that I'm, I'm giving the church what it needs, that I'm, that I'm feeding everyone in the church spiritually. But, you know, it's, it's impossible to know what all everybody needs. It, it's hard to know exactly what dosage it is that people need. And at the end of the day, it's not my responsibility necessarily to just administer exactly what each individual needs in every sermon because that's impossible. It can't be done. But it is my job to hopefully put out whatever needs to be put out and then it's your job to take what you need. It's your job to take what you need and leave the rest. And there's going to be some sermons that you're probably not going to get hardly anything out of it. And when that happens, you know what? You shouldn't get disgruntled. You should be just pray that whoever needed it got what they needed. And then you have some people too. It's like, I, they, I never need anything. And they're usually the ones that need all the sermons. <laughs> it's like, no, you just didn't like what was dished out. But either way, you know, the reason so many people struggle with being balanced in different areas of life is because a lot of times too, they're always trying to listen to everyone. And, you know, they want the whole world to all be in agreement. They want to, they want to walk in this church and everybody is just singing the thoughts that are in their head in unison. I mean, that's just kind of what, that, that's kind of the mentality that they want. They want everyone to be in agreement so they can know, that way they can know what to do. So they can have peace in their hearts. But what people need to do is they need to learn to figure out how, what God wants for their life and just find their peace in knowing that they're right with Him. That's what, that's what everyone needs. And when it comes to others, just take what you feel you need and leave the rest. And there's preachers out there who are a lot different than me in some areas. And some I have big disagreements with, but it's like a lot of times maybe they have something I need. It's like, you know what? I like that person's passion. You know, I, I need a little more of that. You know, his doctrine's not that great, you know, but, uh, but then you have that other person, their doctrine's really good. They're really in depth, but maybe they're really boring too. But it's like, you know, I probably should have a little more depth. In my sermons, I'm going to see if I can get. I'm going to see if I can get some of that too. And if you do, if you ever go to a pastors' fellowship or a preachers' meeting when they preach to preachers, every preacher just gets up and tries to tell all the preachers how they should be more like him. That's pretty much what they do. And you know, obviously, you don't want to take all of that. You know, none of us are supposed to be someone else. But a lot of times, like you know, what I could actually use a little bit of what they have there. That one pastor, he's he's. Uh, you know, he's very loving to his flock. He really cares about his people. I need a little more about that. But then there's another guy, you know, he's, he's a strong leader. You know, maybe he's pretty fierce and crazy, but maybe I need a little bit of that too. At the end of the day, God's going to, I believe if you're, if you're right with God, if your heart's right, whatever it is you need, God's going to get it to you somehow through the preaching, your own Bible reading. But it is up to you to figure out the dosage that you need and to take take uh, take what you need and leave the rest because all of us we're all just trying to be balanced. I'm not the only one doing a balancing act every day. All of you as parents, as as husbands, as wives, 
It's a constant balancing act. You need to be a strong leader as a man, but you also need to be loving to your wife too. You need, you need to be considerate of her needs. And that's a balancing act for sure. You know, taking care of kids, you know, especially if you have multiple kids, trying to, you know, give each one the attention that they need, trying to keep things fair and equal when they've got all these different ages. Okay? Parenting is a huge balancing act, for sure. And so, uh, all of us just need to make sure we take the responsibility and don't try to listen to everyone. Don't, don't, don't listen to everything. Take what you need. Because you have a unique situation. If you're ladies, listen to my wife's program. There's going to be stuff that you need from there. There's other stuff that's just not going to apply to you or that, that you just don't need or that wouldn't even work in your marriage. She's talking about what works with her family of eight kids, with me as her husband, and you're married to somebody else and you have completely different kids. And so some people listen to those things and they just follow blindly everything she says. That won't work. You have to look at your situation and say, you know what, for my family, this would work. I see what she's doing there, but yeah, that wouldn't work here. At the end of the day, it's responsibility. And I believe, it, I believe the Lord will help you if you'll follow leading the Holy Spirit. You will be that balanced person and you will get these things right in your life. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray this message was a help to everyone. I pray that I will all take these things to heart and uh, just always, Lord, not seek to get along with everybody in the world and in the church, Lord, but just mainly just make sure we're right with you. Help us learn how to operate in a world where people do things a little bit different than us and that aren't always in agreement with us, but help us just to stay right with you. Keep the right spirit in these things. In your name we pray. Amen.